When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Thursday and welcome to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, we're with you every week uh, bringing you what we think are our five biggest headline storylines of the week that might interest you Nebraska fans. And before we get into that part of the show, if you like Husker Online, like the content you hear, check out our website, huskeronline.com. We've got a great special for our YouTube listeners. Get Two months of access for $1. Just simply use promo code NU1. That's promo code NU1 for two months for $1. All right, Steve. So, by the way, you're going to, you're going to go watch an NBA game this weekend. Yeah, I'm out of uh, commission here starting tomorrow morning um, with three of the grandkids. We're heading to Memphis. Um, we're leaving right at 830 um, Dominic's driving. I won't be driving. We don't let Sipple drive. Nobody, nobody does. They don't even let me drive. <laughs> So yeah, we're gonna be gone. We're leaving Thursday. So we we we'll be we'll be in Memphis by you know Thursday night. Stay there Friday, Saturday. You were totally okay with me driving the North Shore roads in Honolulu when it was pitch black, and there were chickens running across the road in the middle of the <laughs> night. Chickens. Were there really chickens? <laughs> it was raining. It was North. It was raining and pitch black. And you're like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm like, I bet you are sorry. I bet you're happy. You're not driving right now. It wasn't much different than driving through South Omaha. (laughs) You're probably right. Yeah, it wasn't. So I was, it seemed okay. You're secretly an NBA fan though. Like, I mean. (laughs) You got to kind of keep it secret these days. Um, I do like it because Alex likes it. Dominic likes it. Well, all the grandkids. Cashton likes it too. All of them like it. Your grandsons. Yeah, they they are all NBA fans. And it's Memphis versus who? Orlando, which is their, they, all those guys like Orlando. So. It'll be fun. And I like going to NBA games. And you'll go to Beale Street, get some barbecue. Oh, God, yeah. I, I, we're going to go to Graceland. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do the whole thing. It'll See, be fun. I, I step out of Husker World by following the Dodgers. Like, you step yeah. out of it by following the NBA. Yeah, you follow the Dodgers. That's you watch late-night TV Dodgers. Stepping out of the... Yeah, you do that late night, don't you? Yeah, well, 9 and midnight. I don't stay up till midnight most nights. I, I mean, I, I'm, I kind of call it quits at 11 most nights. I was an NBA fan, Sean, in the 70s, and it never really left my blood. I loved it when I was a kid, and it never totally left. I was an NBA fan in the 90s and the 2000s when, like, the whole country was. (laughs) I mean, don't you remember, though, like, the era of, like, Sunday NBC, NBA basketball? Like, you'd go to church, and you'd come home. God, that's right. And you would just watch NBA basketball, and it it was like – That was part of the deal. You could name, like, every lineup on every team. I don't know why that's – it's not the case anymore. Yeah, it's probably fairly complicated. It's not. Well, it's international players coming in the league. It's a lot. I mean, you had Amer- it was all American players. It was all guys that played college for four years. They'd go to the NBA. So you knew the players better. Where now, like, there's so many young high school kids. There's so many international players that come in. But these young guys, like Alex, will tell you, oh, no, it's popular. I know all the teams. So I don't know. I Sometimes I 
we have that discussion. They're like, we know the teams. All right. Uh, we're off of NBA headlines. Yeah, Let's get back to Husker God, online headlines. We just lost half our audience. Yeah, Sable. please come back. Right, but let's get into headline number one. Um, headline number one, 2025 recruiting is in full swing for Nebraska. And that's kind of what the month of January has become in college football. Um, no more is January trying to lock up your signees. Everybody's signed. I mean, Nebraska had 26 um, signees and really like 29 okay. um, that you would kind of label scholarship guys. And they're all signed. Okay. Um, as of right now, today, there's not a high school signee that would sign in February. That could still change. I mean, there's a couple targets out there. They've added some walk-ons like Jordan Ochoa, Rowdy Bauer mm -hmm. um, in the last few weeks. Um, but right now, the focus is going in to see juniors and sophomores. And this is the first year coaches can actually legally meet with them before all you could do is informally bump into them, mm -hmm. which we all know a lot more than that typically happened. Sure. Uh, but now like you can actually sit down and meet and speak with prospects at length. Um, so it has been a pretty uh, busy January for all coaches in college football. Well, better be busy and they better be busy. Nebraska better be busy recruiting defensive linemen. I mean, that's, I think that would be a, well, that's a priority for sure. Right. And Jalen Williams is coming in this weekend for what? Is it just a one day visit? One day visit. Yeah, Jalen Williams um, will be one of the bigger names coming in this weekend, a top level defensive lineman out of the state of Illinois. Now, he's got every offer under the sun. Michigan's one of the teams. The big one. The big one. I mean, he's got them all Notre Dame, Michigan, you name it. But Nebraska will get Jalen Williams here for a day. And I think you hope that one day visit can get him back here for more. Jalen Williams of Palatine, Illinois. So he's the number six rated player in the state of Illinois. He's the number 24 defensive lineman in the class of 2025. Okay. He is absolutely the kind of player you need in a program. I mean, of course, Michigan is trending toward landing him. Why not? I mean, look at what Michigan did up front this year. If you're a young defensive lineman watching the national title game, what goes through your mind? Wow, they just wrecked Washington up front. Their interior defensive lineman, in some ways, Sean, took over that game. So Jalen Williams is the, exactly the kind of guy Nebraska needs, and it is a position of need. The class of 2025 has Tyson Terry. You need somebody to go along with Tyson Terry. You are looking for a, basically a replacement for Carlon Jones, right? Basically. Right. Well, I mean, and Ashton Williams, they signed. Yeah. And I do think between Landon Davidson and, and some of the other high school O linemen they signed, okay. there's always a chance that one of those guys yeah. could play D line. Yeah. So, absolutely. The one thing about the Matt Rule model of recruiting is it, it does preach versatility, and they're not afraid to flip a guy to the other side of the field. Mm -hmm. We've seen it already. Yeah. Well, you better get good ones. We, we, we know what wins in this league, and a big part of the formula is being strong up front on both sides and right now nebraska's a little light when in when you talk about younger players on the defensive line riley van poppel is is going to be very good jason we'll call him shake shack i think it's mache shack is that right mache check mache check is is a looks like he's going to be a player he's gonna be on the o-line though Huh. Machacek moved I'm over. Just reading Brian's story on my screen. Yeah, they moved Machacek over late in the year to it's the. It's hard to keep track. Of no, that. and and they have. I mean, okay. like um, the defense was the defensive lineman. They moved over. Okay. To the O line in the middle of the year too, but Machacek is offense has played both. 
Okay. Like Mason Goldman has proven that he could play both, but Mason Goldman's at the O line and he's you know shown that he could play D line. So that's the thing that's confusing. What's not confusing though is quarterback. I mean, you you only take one quarterback, and they've been pretty selective about you know who they've offered and gone after at the quarterback position um, for Nebraska. And you know you can pull up on on three. We have a, a really nice thing on our football recruiting tab you can just go to offers okay and um it will tell you all the offers they've made for each position and you look at the quarterback one and clearly alex mansky has been um the main guy nebraska has gone after at quarterback but you know mansky is trending towards iowa state you know is he? He, um he's looking at a and um and i think just that shadow of dylan riola and lincoln makes it kind of tough um to get some of these guys to, to maybe uh, go the other direction. So, you know, Mansky clearly is a target for Nebraska. Now, the other quarterback name out there is Matt Zollers from mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. They've mm-hmm. got an offer into him, a four-star to Pennsylvania. But the other guys they've offered at quarterback have already committed elsewhere. Julian Lewis is going to USC. He's a top five-star guy. Blake Herbert is going to Clemson. You know, he's a top four-star guy. Um, Stone Saunders, who was here earlier this summer, he's a commitment to Kentucky. Luke Nickel is a commitment to Miami. And then uh, Garrett Odom is going to play for his father, UNLV. Um, so right now, Alex Mansky and then Matt Zollers are the two names on the quarterback board that could expand, though, quickly. Um, and I think a lot of it will be based on Mansky. And can they get him on campus? Yeah, and Mansky Again. would expect – okay, Mansky's from Algona, Iowa. He's pretty much what Nebraska looks for. And in that he's six two two ten, he's six three two zero five. Okay, so he can run it, but he can. I don't know. Can he throw it sixty yards? Do you think? Is he? Yeah. Does he have that kind of arm? I mean, that that's the kind of guy they're looking for. Now, here's the question. The broad question is, when you have two pretty high profile freshmen, incoming freshman quarterbacks, is it more difficult to recruit an incoming quarterback for the 2025? It can be. And I think Nebraska over the years dealt with it a little bit. When you start a freshman quarterback, a true freshman, Adrian Martinez. Do you think they'll start Rayola? Taylor Martinez (laughs) is a redshirt freshman starter. Tommy Armstrong took over as a redshirt freshman. Okay. It's a great deal. But it's okay. also a bad deal for your recruiting. Can be because it makes it harder to sell, because it's in about any form of life, it's extremely difficult to unseat an incumbent. Politics. There's your politics. Political football. background is coming through. I mean, anything though. Not. Right. I mean, no, you're right. So if you're or, or look at it like this, if you're Mansky's parent or guardian, and you're looking at Nebraska and you see all this all this publicity you see dylan riola sitting with the volleyball coach sitting with the ad i suppose jim i suppose pillins next on the agenda here um yeah you you probably now our our colleague amy just by the way tweeted that the reason he moved to those seats Mm -hmm. was because he was getting hounded by so many people for pictures and autographs in the stands that the event staff moved dylan riola down to the floor seat there Ooh, that's interesting. He was getting hounded by that. I mean, that just much. so many people were coming up and getting a picture with him. And Amy just uh, tweeted that um, at the game. She was at the game. God bless her. Good information. There. Yeah, really good information. That's, and that's really interesting. Adds a little bit more context. I mean, it's not like they're like trying to just give him courtside seats. I mean, I, I think he wanted to watch the game. I mean, it's really interesting that he attracts that much attention, isn't it? As a as a true freshman, incoming freshman. So yeah, you back to the Mansky 
and I go Matt Zoller's conversation. It's a lot to ask. It depends kind of what you're looking for. Most kids are coming in looking to play. Some might say, I'm not quite ready. I'm, I'm willing to sit. But, man, you don't – hey, Sean, how often do you find that anymore? And they covet – and now Man, Mansky is a three-star as well. He's like a middle-of-the-road three-star, but they really covet his skill set. I mean, it, it, he's a multi-sport athlete, plays been, baseball, he pitches. Been here at camp. Been to camp several times. <laughs> yeah. June, in June, he was here in June. We'll tell that joke another day. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Mansky, I don't know, Sean. Would you still say he's their number one target? I think so for okay. now, but um, we don't believe he's going to be here this weekend. And the fact okay. that he hasn't come on any of these January weekends, well, guess what happens after this weekend? The dead period. Oh, interesting. Then it, you can't visit again. So what you're trying to do right now in recruiting, you want guys to visit in January right now. Mm-hmm. And then you want them to come back in March or April for spring. Okay. Then you want them to come back again for an official visit in June, and you want them, you want them to commit. That's the cycle. Like that's what you 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 strive for, like a three visit run mm-hmm. from now to June. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, the data tells you these kids will be Huskers. And when you're when's the commitment? When what what's the ideal time for the, the commitment? For After, quarterback or for anybody? Well, quarterbacks go off the board first. May. April, April and May. Yeah. Like Dylan Raiola was a late quarterback recruit last year when he picked Georgia, which caused Nebraska to pivot to Kalen mm-hmm. um, at that moment. Uh, but generally, April and May, because most teams say we only got one spot. Mm-hmm. So you can use that as leverage to force the cycle a little bit. From what I'm listening to you right now, Sean, it sounds like the ship on Mansky sailing. Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I still think he's in play, but I mean, I'm not going to overreact to him not visiting Nebraska in January. Okay. Not okay. yet. Okay. I mean, I, okay. Um, I mean, why not visit A&M? He's not visited there yet. He just yeah. got an offer. Why not visit A&M when they maybe have the best collective in the country, if not the second best Texas, Tennessee, Tennessee. university of Texas, Miami, A&M, Tennessee, now USC's collective is good, but it's good for transfers, is and, my understanding. I mean, when we when on three did its rankings in the summer, Tennessee was number one and Texas AM was number two. Rankings of collectives. Collect- Tennessee one, AM two. That'd be a good reason to go down there. He's a quarterback. I mean, how much money is he gonna command? The a question lot. is like, is that who Mike Elko wants as his like first quarterback? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's a big, big deal. It's a good question. Like that's your but the X factor there are two X factors. Colin Klein, he's a Midwest guy that knew Mansky from K-State. Okay. And then Christian Ellsworth at Nebraska is now an A&M. Really? And he, he's carrying an analyst title, but he's going to be one of those really elevated. I heard he's going to be making like, you know, really good money as an analyst there. So those two guys have great knowledge of Mansky that they've brought to Elko. And Elko was at Duke, so... You know, I don't think he's quite as enamored probably to have to have all five-star guys at AM. He's probably not. But but that is a whole other in, interesting discussion. With Elko there, how are those fans going to react when if they would bring in a three-star quarterback from Iowa? I think well, I think Mansky's underrated too. Okay. I really do. I mean, you look at his film, he reminds you a lot of like a Josh Allen. He's big, he's physical, he can run. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he's got a great arm. Really, I mean, it's really interesting. And we, uh, as we've learned, and we, it really, the point was driven home to me, and, and I think you to a certain extent in, in Hawaii. The star thing matters more than ever. 
for NIL. NIL. Because the collectives base some of their evaluation monetarily on how many stars you have. So kids kids are paying attention to their rating more than ever. I don't know that they, they mean more than they've ever meant to me, but to the kids and to their handlers, the stars mean more than they've ever meant. Especially when you go from a three to a four and a four to a five. Yep. I mean, big jumps, but. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. All right, let's take it uh, to headline number two here. Um, Husker basketball continues to hold serve at home. The question, though, can they win a Big Ten road game? And Big Ten road games have been a premium for, for all teams this year, other than maybe Purdue and Wisconsin to an extent. Nobody in this league has really had consistent success on the road. It was kind of the same thing a year ago. Nebraska was able to win a couple of road games last year. They're going to have an opportunity on Saturday for an 11 a.m. Central time game at Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll have a great chance to beat Maryland. Maryland's a, you know, kind of a middling Big Ten team. They're not bad, though. They're they're interesting. They're, They're interesting to me because they have Reese inside who will cause Nebraska problems. A veteran veteran players on the wing and at guard they're tough but yeah you're right what you want is for nebraska to kind of surprise you right okay they won on the road and if they do win on the road they get to six and four in the big 10 and the more you look at the schedule the more you think 10 and 10 is about as bad as they should do this is a, this is a team that you could you look at this team as a maybe a 12 and 8 type of team. I think though there's a huge difference between 12 Big 10 wins and 10. Okay. Because that means you're going to win some on the road. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Win two or three on the road like, this would be a great chance. If you could win at Indiana. Yeah. Like that's a road game that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. If you could win at Northwestern. Those are quad one type road wins. They are. And some of this discussion is about how soon will they get Juwan Gary back? Like, will he be available this weekend? I don't know. He, you know, he suited up. He suited up for the Ohio State game on Tuesday night at PBA. Didn't play. Now, how close is he? That's a big part of this. Now, they've pl- they played really well without him. They played really well against Ohio State without Gary because Mast went off. How, yeah, Rink Mast, like, that was like a – I mean, for him to go 34-10. and 10, Yeah. In Nebraska, I want to say they had five turnovers or six. Six. And a lot of them were six turnovers. A lot of them were early. Yeah. Six turnovers in a Big Ten game is sterling. That's sterling ball care. I mean, ball handling and taking care of the ball. Well, and then they finished the game shooting 11 of 14 down the stretch on threes. 11 of 14. I mean, they used to not do that at the free throw line in this program. Now they're doing it at the three-point line. Rink Mass was 13 of 17 from the field. 13 of 17. They also got 14 from Bryce Williams and 16 off the bench from Wiltshire. C.J. Wiltshire has has found a, a little niche as a shooter off the bench, and I've said it before on our show. I love his shot. It's a gorgeous shot. 
It is beautiful. Oh, he get, he comes in and brings a lift to that team. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's a scorer. He knows his role. Um, but his, I just, he, you know, I was a great shooter. Uh, <laughs> so I know, I know a shooter when I see one. Wiltshire can shoot it. Now he's he's been a little hot and hot and cold during his career, but it seems like as he's become a man, he's he's found it. There, this is a dangerous team. I mean, they're they look. I mean, the people that I know that go to the games regularly, they say they have the look of a team that can win a game. The only thing they don't NCAA have, tournament. they don't have great rim finishers, guys that can get up and just dunk it. No, they don't. And, like, you watch Indiana. You watched Ohio State last night, right, Rutgers. You know how you stop scoring droughts with a freaking big 6'10 guy that can just dunk it? Yeah, like and, a follow shot even. Yeah, like an offensive they, rebound. Like, yeah. they're bigs don't have the explosion to finish with dunks right like rink mass is a finesse big yeah he is um good around the rim but not a dunker alec right. is more same i mean he's just not he he, he lacks a little bit of length to yeah. kind of finish at that level six eight get gary's probably their best rim finisher as far as dunking and kind of coming in you're right they don't have that and they have a lot of other they have things. a lot of other, i mean they're, they're as good of a shooting team maybe as there is in the conference yeah they they I've, I've said it many times. What Fred did an excellent job of is putting shooters around Casey. So they don't even really need Casey as much. And anymore. that was last night was perfect example. Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday night's game. I mean, Casey had five points. And yeah. And they didn't really need him. He only played 14 minutes. Defensive issue. Defensive issues. That's what that was. Sean, they have good shooters i told you i know i've been critical of fred i get all that but i told i told you guys early in the season they're a scary offensive team in a lot of ways because they have multiple scores they don't rely on a pet away um they don't it doesn't have to be palmer and and roby it's four or five guys that and can they score. make free throws yeah it's 75 free throw shooting team and you know when even guys like sam hoiberg come in sam's good i mean he, sam sam's a problem like he, he 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 just get, he, I mean he he's just a bull out there. He flies around. Well, he does, but he flies around with purpose. You can tell he now coach his son, so this is what you'd expect. But what I know is about Sam Hoiberg is he knows the other team very well. He knows where to be. He gets a lot of deflections and steals because he knows what's coming. Very, you can tell he's very intelligent. Coach's son. Well, I watched him a lot of, in high school at Lincoln Pius, and and he he was a really good high school player. Smart. You just never know how it, guards in the Big Ten are men. You know, right. it's not. Oh, I was skeptical of him because of his size. I'm always skeptical of that size of player. I, I'm not a big, you know me. I'm but he's such, freaky explosive for a guy his size. Strong. He, he's done a good job. He looks like he's done a good job in the weight room. But you know how I am in football and the same thing in basketball. I'm not big on 5'11". I'm just not. I like 6'4 and up. That's what it should be. I'm 5'11". You big on me? <laughs> You're not playing in the Big Ten, Sean. You played in Omaha Gross. You just crushed the dreams of <laughs> all the 5'11 kids in the state that think they can play for Nebraska. Oh, it's, Big Ten's a hard – it's hard. No, I mean, Sam Hoiberg is the exception to the rule. It's like, a hard ask. No, no doubt. I mean, I think as you grow older, you begin to realize how hard it is to play. It's huge out there. Like, I did – like, a couple years ago, I did those interviews um, – with the old ABM collective where I interviewed all the position groups and I took a picture with each group of players and I, I don't consider myself that small. And I looked, you look so small. I remember that picture. Yeah. I looked tiny 
compared to those guys. And imagine going against that a hundred plays a game. Couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. No. I mean, and that's that's Big Ten basketball. Like you might be able to have one game, two games, mm-hmm. but doing it thirty games. Yeah. Well, but Sam does a good job, and they in in that roster is it's built well. It it was built like it. I think early in Fred's tenure, it just seemed like they would recruit some talent, throw it on the floor, and kind of hoped it worked. This looked more like a team that was put together with, with purpose. purpose. Yep. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Let's go. Headline number three. Caitlin Clark sells out Pinnacle Bank Arena. Um, and this is a true sellout. It's not a deal where buy one, get one free. <laughs> kids get in free this is a legit sellout for a nebraska basketball women's game on super bowl sunday february 11th they've already announced it caitlin clark um has filled up the arena and they've never done that for a nebraska women's game and my guess is it could end up being the largest crowd in that arena all season well it'd be the if they do what they expect which is fifteen thousand. It, the previous high was 14,289 last season versus Iowa. Iowa. So, yeah, Caitlin Clark has a lot of pull. So, yeah, last last season they drew 14,289. They're expecting 15,000 this time around, which would be the most they've ever drawn at PBA or the most they've drawn in program history, okay? The most they've drawn in program history. The Devaney didn't seat that. No. The Devaney didn't seat that many people. So, like Connie had some good teams though. I mean, oh, they went to the they were a sweet 16 team. Well, they were a one seed one, one seed, right? And were, were they they were at Devaney at that point. Yeah, yeah, so. they were absolutely at Devaney. But they were filling up Devaney they were, during that run. During that run, um, for sure. There were I mean, I'm trying now Sean, ten I'm or twelve thousand, maybe I'm going off memory now, but I'd say four or five games where they were really close to full. Full, yeah. And it was fun. It was super fun. Was that a one? Are you saying that's a was that a one seed? I want to say one. I want to say one two. I do. God, I mean, they were Big Twelve back then. I think. I don't think they were even Big Ten yet. I think got a player named Griffin. Um, God, Matt Coatney's probably listening to our show just right now. Cringing that Grish. we can't remember that we can't remember. Sorry, Grish. Yeah, I, Sorry, Coatney. Yeah, I'm having trouble. Uh, they had a guard named Tur- uh, Turner. Um, Vonnie Turner. Vonnie, Yvonne, yeah, Vonnie Turner. I almost called her Yvonne. Vonnie Turner. They had that guard from Lincoln High. Do you, who's the coach coach at now yeah who coaches at lincoln high now and she was she was really good and she's done a really good job as a high school coach now. yeah she was a power i would i would call her a power guard um griffin you don't remember am i am i messing that name up anyway they were incredible to watch i was writing like three columns a week on them i mean it was incredible <laughs> it was incredible yeah it was an incredible run and then they lost in the sweet 16 and this nebraska team is a tournament team right now um you know but are, are they a team that can get more than a win in the ncaa tournament is i think the question I, I think they've got enough juice to maybe win one tournament game but when you start talking about sweet 16 i don't know if they're quite there yet but no, I, I, don't, I, don't I think know. they're a seven to a ten seed in the ncaa tournament right now good um but they you know they have those moments like they lost at penn state over the weekend um, you know, and, and they just had some of those moments, but they, the record's really good. Their net ranking's really good. Um, so Con- or, um, Amy's got this team in a good spot with where they're at and that arena will be rocking. Oh yeah. What a draw. I mean, Caitlin Clark is, I don't even, it's hard to even put her in perspective. I mean, she's I, pistol Pete. 
Right. And I, she, she would be the most recognizable athlete at Iowa for sure. Right? Person. Person. <laughs> Person. Her and Brian Ferentz. <laughs> Person. Sorry, I didn't think my Brian Ferentz joke. <laughs> yeah, she's a little more popular, although that flop she pulled at Ohio State didn't help her popularity, Andy. That was a, that was a flopola. At, 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 you know, the, the, that girl was rushing the court and clipped her. Well, and what what you what you don't like about it? The, the, what did the person do? They had their phone out. They're like, like <laughs> yeah, they did. Look at me! I got to tape it. I got to <laughs> post it. I got to show like my twenty five followers that I'm on the court and I'm going to take out Caitlin Clark. Perfectly fine. And it, I thought it was more Caitlin Clark taking out her, but Caitlin threw her head back very well in a flop mode. I. I thought it was kind of odd, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in the my, the majority in this conversation. A lot of people thought she flopped. You know what, though? Like all of this adds to it. It does. That flop that yeah. probably made. I don't know this, but I probably Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith probably talked about it. Yeah, I mean, like was talking. About Caitlin it. Clark knows what she's doing. Like, I think she does. Like, yeah, I like think her bank she, account would tell you she knows. She probably doing. benefited her her stock by that i mean people because why people are talking about it yeah and i don't want to make it sound like it's just that she's great she's incredible oh, unreal. To watch i mean she'll come in in a lincoln with all the attention on her including the defensive attention and you know she's scoring 20 plus no matter what and she's got just, family in nebraska actually you know that she? i didn't know the that. Uh, old creighton prep football coach chris nizzy he's now the boys town head coach is her uncle wow i believe now don't quote me on this but he is Brother, wow. sister with Caitlin's mom. So, yeah, she's got family around here. I mean, Des Moines not that far from no, here. No. So, uh, yeah, big day. Super Bowl Sunday. Big day. Yeah, it will be uh, interesting. Iowa lost Ohio State, too. I mean, as you know, the court storm situation. Yeah. They didn't storm the court for a But just think about <laughs> what the impact of women's sports has had in this city this year with the volleyball match yes. in the football stadium. Yep. The volleyball team making the final four and then Caitlin Clark filling up the arena. I don't know if we'll ever see much of a year like this ever again. Well, it's because you don't yeah, a sports Caitlin, calendar year because it's a right. two year calendar. I mean, you don't or, see Caitlin Clark's come along. No, and you don't see games at Memorial Stadium for volleyball. I wonder if you'll see more of those, though. It sounds like the AD's inclined that way. Well, the money, but we don't really. And this is where, you know, Steve Rosen, our, our business writer, he had to take a, a leave for a while for some personal reasons, but he was really good at getting that information on how much money they actually made and what the revenue was for having the game in the state. I, I'd love to know the final accounting numbers because it wasn't cheap. I mean, they had, a, they had to put on a concert and do some other things around the event. And I don't think they needed the concert. Trevor's on the radio tonight. You could call in and say, Sean from Lincoln. Let's go to Sean in South Omaha. <laughs> Sean, you're on the air with Trev. <laughs> Disguise your voice a little. Oh, uh, yeah. Trev, uh, <laughs> how much money did you make on that dear volleyball day? <laughs> Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. That's not right. exactly Very good. the disguise I had in mind, but that would work. Very good. Greg Sherman. <laughs> he is the old. Very good. <laughs> I love when there'd be like a bad caller and they just kind of move on. Yeah. Like, like they don't even... they're screened though, right? Kind of. But if there's somebody that would go off, okay, let's go on to uh, Jim and Hastings. Yeah. Yeah. Move move off yeah those things are kind of like i mean I, I think everybody still does them to an extent but it is unique i mean nebraska almost every coach does a show mm -hmm. and then there's also a um ad show every yeah. month like ad shows probably aren't the norm everywhere else not an hour i wouldn't think bill Byrne is who kind of started that is he 
And I remember when I was a young reporter covering Nebraska softball, it was Liz Merrill, Todd Heiner, Henrich, and me. We were sitting by each other. Wow. And I'm uh, sitting by Todd. I go, why do you have the radio? I was 19 years old. I go, why do you have a radio on? He goes, oh, I'm listening to Bill Byrne because sometimes these ADs will say things on these radio shows that we need to write about. That's Todd. That's a great story. God, and and I, I, I always remember that. And, and That's a great story about Todd. It is. We were sitting at a Nebraska softball game. He's listening to the Bill Byrne radio show. And what are we going to, what are you going to do tonight? Or on to Wednesday night, you're going to listen to the Trip Albert's gotta, radio you, show. I mean, it's, there could be news, but you also learn a lot about what's going on in the athletic department. But the guy, that's a great story about Todd. Now he was a sports editor to journal star. He came to be the sports editor. And he's absolutely one of the best journalists to ever pass through here. And the only reason I say that is because he's, he's one of those quiet, you don't, you know, look at me. He's not a look at me. Type no, guy. he was the opposite of that. But and his wife's was, a, very, I got to know her a little bit over the years, Wendy and, just awesome. Todd was family. a quiet force at the Journal Star, an absolute quiet force. You couldn't, I mean, that place. You worked around some great people over oh the years. Oh, my God, I did. And Todd was high on that list, high on that list. All right, let's take it to headline number four. Has Ohio State become the favorite to win mm. the Big Ten in football in 2024? You know, if you would have watched the Cotton Bowl, Steve Sipple, I don't know what you would have thought about Ohio State for 2024. But as the portal cycle has now closed and we've seen Ohio State now add two really, really good quarterbacks to their roster, along with some other high profile players from places like Alabama, the Buckeyes, to me, feel like they might be the favorite to win the Big Ten next year. It's either Ohio State or Oregon. That's that's what it is. It's either I think Ohio- Michigan's going to drop off. I think yeah. we both agree on that, right? Absolutely. They, they're going to lose a lot of players. And they might lose their head coach. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Ryan Day and two collectives. Now they have two, Sean. I don't know if you're up on this, like I. Um, they have two collectives going now. The Ohio State. You mentioned players that they've they've drawn from the portal. Number one, the number one ranked player in the portal was Caleb Downs, safety, Alabama, Ohio State. Now, Caleb Downs goes to Ohio State. Quinshawn Judkins, who's rushed. It, Two two years at Ole Miss for a thousand yards plus a piece. He's he's a he's he went to Ohio State to play running back, and they got Travion Henderson back. I mean, they got now. Think about what they well, got. Well, the and then they there. added Will Howard, yeah, who led Kansas State to a Big Twelve championship. Uh huh. And then they added Julian Sang, a five star that was at Alabama. Right. And then we didn't mention Seth McLaughlin, who was the who had trouble snapping for Alabama in the national semifinal, he entered the portal right away. Now he's at Ohio State. So those players we named, Caleb Downs, top-rated player in the portal, Quinshawn Jukins, number one running back in the portal, I have to think. I mean, if he wasn't, he should have been. He's he's there. Seth McLaughlin, and then you mentioned the quarterbacks. I don't know how they're going to make it work with all those quarterbacks, but – more the merrier. Just think about how State. different the Big Ten has changed or how much it's changed since the national championship game. You're watching yeah. Washington, Kellen DeBoer. Mm-hmm. You're like, God, this guy's going to be a bear to go against every week. He's gone. He's at gone. Alabama. Jim Harbaugh, we think is gone. Yeah. I mean, this Big Ten and Ohio State, give Ryan Day credit. People want to run him out of town. Yeah, they do. And what's he doing? He's got his nose and head down and he's fighting and he's adding players. And he's well, not- a lot of this is NIL. That's what it is. They've, they're, they're using the free agent market very well. 
I mean, they're now again in that top. Now, Sean, I will tell you, remember, I referenced earlier in the show the on three top 20 NILs collectives. Mm -hmm. They weren't in the top 20 this summer. They've had some problems. Yeah, but they've come on it since the spring. They've they've made some big moves. And again, they have two of them going now. So I bet the next time on three does some rankings, Ohio State will be in the top 20. Nebraska, by the way, people wondering right now, where was Nebraska? This summer, Nebraska's collective was number 19 of the, in the top. And 20. I would say they've improved since that point because things to me have aligned. Well, there, there, there was some confusion a little bit with Nebraska NIL when there were two collectives listed but really only one operating. Now I, th- I feel like everything is kind of behind 1890 and things that move forward. And we've seen that with the way they went in the transfer portal because they, they would not have gotten all these guys. They don't get Dylan Raiola without a line in IL. They don't get Jamal Banks and, and Isaiah Nayor, both of them, the receivers. Like Dowdell, I mean, a guy like that comes with money. You, you yeah. can't, you're not getting Dowdell here without a, a deal. Yeah, you're sure not getting Jamal Banks here. But then you forget about their ability to bring in guys as walk-ons but have NIL opportunities for them. I mean, there's that's very expensive. Okay, education time, Sean Callahan. I was reading an on three article about the NIL, and it said that the top NIL collectives in the nation have a budget of about a working budget of about 10 million. Fif, 10 to fit so the top tier is 10 to 15. And I would say Nebraska is in that area. Oh, okay. So they said that's like the second tier would be four to eight million. Four million to eight million. You you think, think Nebraska would you think Nebraska would be above the four to eight million? I think million? they'd either be at the very top of that second tier okay. or but a lot of it is like what is your roster worth? Like, what if you if you have a roster that's not worth ten or twelve million dollars, you don't pay them ten or twelve million dollars. Right, right. Like you pay your like the whole point of it is still to get the best players for the least amount of money. <laughs> it's not to overpay no. for less guys just so you can say you've spent the most money. No, it's tricky though because some of the players you pay, you don't know how they're going to turn out. Right, right. So you, I mean, it's tricky, but. Nebraska's in the game. They give themselves a chance. Not everybody's equal in this conversation. I mean, I was talking to Tim Albin at Ohio, and they just started a collective, like just in recent months. And that, that to me, seems kind of minimal. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't see like a collective like that being kind of like a, a big Ohio. Yeah. No, I mean, unless there's a big, big, big donor that's just throwing money around, which can happen in this world. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Ohio. I think the answer to your question is Ohio State and Oregon would be the favorites right now based on talent on hand. Ryan Day also hired Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. Hello. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Hello is right. They're he's made big moves there. Bill O'Brien is offensive coordinator. Yeah, they don't have an AD yet. Ross Bjork. Oh, he, he he's okay. They yeah. just named that was just this week, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know when it was exactly, but Ross Bjork is the AD. And that's a yeah. good hire by Ted Carter. Yeah, big yeah, big name in the in collegiate athletics. He so, left AM. Right. So Ohio State's well positioned. Now the <laughs> Ryan Day, the pressure on him is enormous. Like win a national championship. It's kind of like it's that. beat Michigan. Yeah. Well, if you beat Michigan, you'll be in position to win a national championship, probably. All right. Um, 
Headline number five, I want to hit on coaching staff discussion for Nebraska, but I want to start the discussion because the camp dates did just get released as well. So we have a better roadmap of what the summer is going to be for Nebraska um, as far as the recruiting camps go. Uh, Nebraska will host two Friday night light camps on June 7th and June 14th. Um, Then they'll have some individual Matt Rule camps on the 8th um, and the 9th of June along with the 16th. Then they'll continue to have a specialist camp, a postgraduate camp, and a fullback camp. So um, that is kind of a roadmap, and I would assume that June 1 through June 6, that's when the staff will probably do the satellite camps. Um, oh, wait a second. Really? Uh, okay. Usually um, what we learned about Matt Rule is their whole staff is at every camp. Like he's not going to like take coaches out of Lincoln to go to satellite camps. He wants, you know, he wants mm-hmm. them – at all things together. So I would guess that Nebraska satellite camps will take place when they go places in the beginning part of June. Yeah. And I will. And the other thing that I would just emphasize, I mean, you can't emphasize it enough how much emphasis Matt rule puts on camps. He has ramped up the camp world here. I mean, not that frost, you know, didn't, work them hard they didn't use them to their advantage and all that it's just got turned up a notch tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong sean seven so yeah they're gonna use here's the deal (laughs) sean if they ramped them up oh for sure i'm counting i'm counting days okay uh hang with me here you get 10 um you get 10 days that you can run camps total 10 days okay seven of those days are marked for lincoln that's what i was counting as you were on your um ramp up camp soapbox so They've kind of kept room. Youth camps don't count as one of your days. Okay. Um, so there'll be three days that they'll be able to run satellite camps on the road. And and you think they'll go back into Texas? I bet they will. Um, I would, like I said, June 1st through June 6th or 5th, that's probably when they'll hit them. Let, let, let me pull my June calendar right now. Um, yeah, like I could see like June 3rd, 4th, 5th, being their satellite camp days when did they go so they went to houston and what was that other little town they went to in texas right outside of waco do you remember they went to a mary hardin baylor yeah that was the um, school that, that's good enough they went to mary hardin baylor and then they went into houston and mary hart it was a little leaner at mary hardin baylor like the talent pool now yeah. houston had dudes yeah houston had some more dudes so i wonder how how they'll approach it this year be very interesting. It'd be something similar, but maybe instead of Mary Hart and Baylor, they go to Dallas and then they do Houston. I mean, that'd be awesome. Something, something of that setup is my guess, but mm-hmm. um, it was success. I mean, uh, Braylon Prude came out of those camps. Unbelievable story. Uh, I mean, you saw it all unfold with the Braylon Prude. There was a big, tall, I don't know, we'll call him a safety running around out there, lightly recruited, but then whipped off a 40. And just look like an athlete. Well, and Nebraska had all their coaches there. I mean, Tony White, Satterfield, Rule. They're all there, and the key assistants are there working working and evaluating. Where a lot of other schools might have one or two or three guys there, but not the head coaches. We saw, it. We saw the work, which was which was really interesting to me. It's not playtime at all. It's no. not it's not relaxing. Let's put it that way. This is not relaxing. It's they're there to find talent. Like rule is there with a stopwatch standing watching everybody and it's not easy i mean and he's 
he's grilling his assistant coaches. Yeah. All right. Let's, speaking of assistant coaches, let's let's get on the subject of um, the staff. Um, you know, we're still kind of waiting on a few more things um, to play out. Number one, you know, what are the contract details of, on of um, Thomas Thomas Glenn Thomas, the, the co-offensive coordinator? Um, you know, based on the data we have on what the salary pool is, and the salary pool remains at seven million. And I confirmed that this week from um, Nebraska. Um, they still would have a little over a million to play Glenn Thomas. Okay. Now, will he make a million? I don't know. Okay. Um, but they could pay him up to a million based on the number they have remaining in their pool. Um, now, we also know um, Nebraska has promoted Keith Williams, former Husker player, internally. Um, and Keith Williams is going to take the position that Omar Hales previously held Which is- as the director of player personnel. Director of player personnel, Keith Williams, big offensive lineman, formerly of St. Louis guy, right? Right. And then um, Anthony um, Serespino, mm-hmm. did I say it right? Close enough. TCU. Um, he is coming. He was a general manager at TCU, but he will be a director of operations here replacing Gordon Thomas. So okay. I think when you see that general manager tag, I, I think a lot of people like, whoa, you know, like you're bringing in this guy to run the show. Mm-hmm. My understanding is this is the replacement for Gordon Thomas, which was the director of operations. I think people's minds go a lot of different places. They go to the pros where when you hear Billy G- Devaney. Yeah, and in the pros, you almost hear when you hear a GM, you almost think, oh, is the head coach reporting to the GM? I guarantee a rule is not reporting to this guy. No. Okay. Um, Billy Devaney was a high-profile GM. Not like this one. No. That, I want to make that distinction clear to people. There, this isn't a Billy Devaney hire. Billy Devaney, I mean, was heavily involved. Well, and the athletic director hired Billy Devaney. Right. And I, my recollection of Billy Devaney, and I interviewed him a couple times, including in his office, he was making key personnel decisions. I remember one distinctively. Like, he wanted Matt Farniak to start at guard. Mm-hmm. And, and go. But okay. the problem was Farniak wasn't ready yet. Okay. Just not ready. And Mike Cavanaugh knew it. And okay. he said that. Okay. And Billy Devaney forced it. Well, they realized he wasn't ready. And then they, they went back to Tanner Farmer. Yeah. Devaney. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I imagine Mike Riley swung the final hammer, but Devaney was heavily involved, heavily. Involved. Well, and a lot of people believe that Devaney was who led the, the, the decision to fire banker. <laughs> To bring in Bob Diaco. Yeah. I mean, right? like that, this guy is not going to have that power. No, that's the, like, and he, he's not the general manager. Like, right. it, like, I, I, I don't, I think that conversation got a little out of control. No. And, and that is people not really knowing the details, but they have a director operator uh, operations job open and that's okay. the position. Okay. I mean, the jobs that open, the, the main people are still up there. Dr. Elza, Sean Patton, Vince Ginta. That's the key. That's the trio. That's of, the key. Those are the three kind of main folks up there. Right. Dr. Elza, Sean Patton, and Ginta. And Vince Ginta. I mean, that, that's kind of like if you're talking about the key people mm-hmm. that are big up there behind the scenes, that's mm-hmm. probably the big three. And then, you know, there's guys like Keith Williams and Ryan Callahan that are sure. really instrumental in what they do sure. uh, as well behind the scenes. Big operation. Big operations are very common at places at powerful programs like nebraska are very high profile program and not a lot of places would even have this discussion that we're having right now no. like no. if you were like a fan of tcu tcu or tulane no. 
I'm just trying to. I mean, like well, most places, the, most play, they'd be like, yeah. "What? What are, you, what are these guys talking? Why about? are we talking about the director of operations? Nobody. I mean, I knew Gordon, and I lo- I really like Gordon Thomas, but he's not a he's not a public figure of no. any sort. You know, nobody. If he walked into Buffalo Wings and Rings, Gordon, he, nobody would know. I him. mean, the three names I mentioned are the main figures. Yeah, that you know that kind of are big behind the scenes. Yeah. Gordon was a great guy. But then, I mean, then there's a lot of analysts and, you know, guy like, you know, like Adam DeMichael and, yeah. and some of those folks behind the scenes that are big too, that are not main position coaches. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Um, the staff. Oh, and what about our, our boy? Um, Hello. Um, our Houston coach. Um, oh, we don't know about Holgerson. Dana Holgerson. Is the one you're, is the name you're looking Dana for. Dana Holgerson. got my mind is Dana, slipped up. Well, you got a lot of names on your mind. Dana Holgerson sort of backburnered a little bit yeah there's no I, I don't know if there's a immediate rush in the heat of recruiting to get this locked up it's an analyst position wouldn't right it be? wouldn't it be an analyst i think so unless someone knows something we don't that's what i that's dana holgerson to me would not come in as an assistant coach unless he's a full outright play caller running the show right he's not coming in the kitchen to be a dishwasher He's going to run the kitchen. Yeah, they just hired a quarterbacks coach, and he's an offensive coach. They're not going to hire him. To Dana win. Holgerson is not a behind-the-scenes like assistant coach. Like if he's an actual assistant, mm-hmm. he's going to be a main dude. Yeah, but he, you, you. But to make it clear here, you could see him coming as an analyst, just, just to keep his line in the water. And yeah. I think there's a lot of coaches like Mike Dawson did that. He went to Ohio State. You know, you're getting paid by your previous employer. Like Dana Holgerson's making 15 million from Houston, right? But I think there's a thought like it's important to keep your blade sharp. It is. I think a guy like Dawson would tell you that he wants to be coaching, not in the behind the scenes charting. Nobody wants to take a year off. Yeah. I mean, it sounds good in theory, but after about a month, mm-hmm. can you imagine? I mean, just I'm sure your wife's ready for you to get back to work. Well, that and then the date that you stop getting paid comes very quickly. It comes, it's a year, but it comes very quickly. And each month counts down. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I, oh, no, I would say it wouldn't be fun. It's why I often say I wouldn't have the stomach for that profession. Wouldn't have the stomach for it. Well, and like you could become Rick Neuheisel pretty quickly where yeah. you were a, a big time head coach. Now you're a radio host. <laughs> I mean, our, your media, I mean like, yeah, you're like one of us. You're one of, God. I mean, it, in the fate, but he's good at it. But like yeah. those guys want to coach. Yeah. But then there's guys like in the NFL, like um, Bill Cowher. I mean, he still looks young. Like he still looks like he could have coached longer. But I'm guessing CBS pays him a lot of money to be on their their shows. Just depends how you want to do it. I mean, Jimmy Johnson. I'm sure he makes a ton of money from Fox. Yeah, I think some of those guys settle into something that's not as they don't have to work nearly as many hours. There's not nearly as much pressure. Just it, you know, Sean, everybody's a little different, so you never know how guys wants to do it. Yeah, like for I mean, even for us, like everyone's like, "Oh, I bet you guys really unloaded in Hawaii and had a." I mean, no, like we had kind of a gun to our head to get things done every minute of the day, mm-hmm. and not everybody wants that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Some do. We 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 handle it, yeah. but not everybody wants to go to Hawaii knowing that you're gonna work ten hours a day, no matter. Get what. up at six in the morning or five in the morning and work till eight at night every night. But it, it was kind of fun. But we we're we enjoy that yeah i i think it was fun mostly i love going to practices at deals like that that was the funnest thing i I do too you learn so much 
being being in a practice for two hours, especially in a Polynesian bowl where you're literally standing on the field, you can learn a lot. I mean, I I know very well what Carter Nelson has to offer. I watched it two hours for three days. Well, and just to be able to watch like Marvin Lewis and Mike Zimmer for yeah. a whole week. That was interesting. And then getting to hang out with Jesse Sapolu and mm -hmm. learning about Kamehameha High School and and, and, and talking a lot to Dominic Rayola and, and Donovan and Donovan and getting a feel for that Rayola family, talking to Dylan a lot, watching Dylan. I don't want to. I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's it was. I learned a lot. That's the key. Well, and I enjoy it because I know our listeners and our subscribers enjoy it, and yeah. and we're that's our job. Our job is to serve our subscribers. Yeah, and you're good about getting there like there's a couple times you said we got to get to practice early and i was like well what's the rush <laughs> but i get it now i mean you got, you got to get i'm there. a big beat the bus guy to practice yeah. like i don't like to get there when they're already on the field right. i like to get there get set up yeah that's a good way to do it that's a good way to do it again i i learned a lot and, and i don't know i emptied the notebook so i hope people learn from what we wrote um i don't have anything else so <laughs> we emptied it out there'll be a little more oh and i mean Galoot a tongue of Iloa. I mean, that was interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to talk to. Are him. we saying the name right? I think so. It's yeah. I mean, it's G A L U. I mean, how many different ways can you pronounce Galu Galu? Not that's about it. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Well, should be um a fun weekend. Steve Sipple will be, I'll be gone. We'll get a full report from the trip to memphis including yeah. a barbecue report yeah you'll get a barbecue report. an elvis report yeah you'll get all that yeah you'll nba get report yeah um game yeah game report stay stay safe and use in memphis don't 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 wander down the wrong alley who's gonna mess with me sean nobody <laughs> you got your grandsons with you yeah i'll protect i'll be in protective mode all right well enjoy your trip thank um, you sean. and again if you want to subscribe to husker Online, we got a great deal two months for one dollar with promo code NU1. Uh, that's promo code NU1, two months for one dollar uh, to subscribe to Husker Online. Uh, for Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan signing off for another edition of Husker Online Headlines.